I'm Maria Bartiromo. I'm Greg Gutfeld. I'm Tammy Bruce. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Thursday, July 16th, 2020. I'm Trey Yinks. With coronavirus hitting vulnerable populations around the world, UNICEF and the World Health Organization are warning of a decline in vaccines. The pandemic is impacting uh, the supply chain to provide access to food and vaccinations and education and health care to children. This is the Fox News Rundown, global pandemic. The United Nations Children's Fund, commonly known as UNICEF, is providing critical information and resources to vulnerable communities amid the coronavirus outbreak. Over the next few minutes, you'll get the latest headlines on the global COVID-19 outbreak and hear from Edison Sabala, the Director of Humanitarian Response and Impact Partnerships at UNICEF USA. Starting first in Egypt, that is reporting more than 84,000 cases of coronavirus. Egyptian authorities are trying hard to keep alive the country's tourism industry that accounts for more than 12% of Egypt's GDP. On July 1st, the famous pyramids of Giza reopened with temperature checks and social distancing guidelines for visitors. Last year, 13.6 million people visited Egypt. This year, 15 million were expected before the COVID-19 outbreak started. Now to India, that has seen little relief from new cases spreading. The country is approaching a million positive cases and 25,000 deaths. Nearly a dozen states in India have reimposed lockdowns as the Indian government continues a campaign to get people to wash their hands, wear masks, and be socially distant. The population density in many parts of the country makes following these regulations difficult. Finally, in Algeria, the death toll from COVID-19 has surpassed 1,000 people. With more than 20,000 total cases, Algeria is one of the worst-hit countries in Africa. The Algerian government has decided to close its borders until the pandemic passes, as well as limit interprovince travel for a period of time. 23% of the Algerian population lives under the poverty line, and testing in rural parts of the country is difficult to obtain. This issue, though, isn't unique to Algeria, and experts warn that many countries with vulnerable populations are at risk of disaster. COVID-19 is currently affecting more than 196 countries and territories across all regions, including countries where... UNICEF has programs that are ongoing. This is Edison Sabala, the Director of Humanitarian Response and Impact Partnerships at UNICEF USA. And the current pandemic is impacting tremendously the work that we do. Uh, There are um, countries from which we procure essential uh, commodities and supplies for children uh, that are currently having restrictions that uh, inhibit some of the work that that we actually do. Uh, We are prioritizing the availability and accessibility of life-saving supplies, such as medicines and things, uh, as well as sanitation and education supplies uh, to countries that are impacted by by the pandemic. And there are uh, tremendous manufacturing and supply challenges uh, along the continuum of the supply chain that um, usually impact the work that we usually do. Nevertheless, Uh, we have been adapting uh, our modalities of work to to meet these challenges. There's a unique set of challenges that UNICEF and other organizations are facing, whether it has to do with geography, whether it has to do with politics, conflict, and the list really goes on. I wanted to ask you, though, you mentioned medicine. I saw this week that UNICEF and the World Health Organization is warning about a decline in vaccinations not related to coronavirus as a result of this pandemic. What are some of the concerns around 
the possibility of children in the world not receiving the vaccines that they need to ensure that they and their communities are healthy? Sure. Uh, these challenges are vast and they are exacerbated by, by, the, by the pandemic. Uh, there are uh, governments that have had to put on hold uh, vaccination campaigns that are hugely beneficial for children uh, just as a measurement of preventing the spread of disease. And so children who are not being vaccinated for even common diseases uh, like the mumps and rubella, um, uh, and other diseases that uh, actually have a cure and, and, and have vaccinations uh, can research as a consequence of the uh, uh, prevention measures that are being put in place uh, by COVID. And that has uh, UNICEF and other humanitarian organizations hugely concerned about uh, uh, children's health, the economic impact of, of uh uh, on families and um, and the like, so we are we are really really concerned about that, and and it presents a huge challenge for us. Children in the world are a uniquely vulnerable population, especially in conflict zones or third world countries, areas of the world that aren't getting a steady flow of resources. I want to talk broadly about world conflict zones and the work that UNICEF is doing in those areas, whether it's Idlib province right now in Syria, where we are starting to see a COVID-19 outbreak, or Yemen, where the international community is encouraging a ceasefire to be brokered, or Libya. I mean, the list goes on. But what is the work that UNICEF is doing in these areas? And when it comes to children amid a pandemic and also amid other diseases that they are facing, how do you address this with governments and local municipalities sides of the conflict to say hey look our bottom line here is helping kids it's not to get in the middle of what can often be a messy political or military confrontation thank you for that question trey i really appreciate it because we here at unicef are really proud of the work that we do uh globally and this work includes uh, child protection, both uh, physical uh, protection of, of children's uh, health and, and their physical integrity, as well as their mental and emotional health, some of which is caused not only by uh, uh, disease and natural disaster, disaster but also by um, conflict and, and worrying um, governments. Uh, we are heavily involved in water uh, and sanitation. A lot of these countries um, uh, that you mentioned have uh, a shortage of water, uh, have a, a shortage of uh, sanitation and, and safe uh, facilities for, for, for good health. And so we are promoting uh, water and sanitation and, and hygiene in these countries. We are heavily involved in uh, uh, of course, vaccination campaigns, as, as I mentioned, as well as education. Uh, and we work with governments to provide uh, both formal and informal education uh, for the children in, in these countries. And so uh, we are really, really focused not only uh, on these areas, but also uh, working um, on what we call both uh, 
suits and, and boots on the ground, right? And, and the boots part are all of those areas that I mentioned, uh, health, education, uh, water sanitation and hygiene, and we are working to support uh, communities on the ground to um, facilitate all of these things, but also at the level of, of policy making and advocacy, we're working uh, with governments to encourage governments across conflicting areas to uh, cease conflict, uh, to keep children in mind in the policies that they adapt. Uh, we work with governments across the spectrum, uh, across the globe, to uh, encourage them to uh, cease fires whenever it is appropriate, whatever children and families are, are affected. You've been listening to Edison Sabala, the Director of Humanitarian Response and Impact Partnerships at UNICEF USA. We'll be right back. As a UN agency, I think UNICEF has a unique role and also uniquely avoids a lot of the politics that are inevitable when you have dozens of countries operating together trying to find solutions to world problems. It can be a lot to handle at once, and as we see whether it is an issue based on military confrontation or political decisions all around the world, oftentimes uh, politics can drive the conversation and there can be controversy involved. But UNICEF is unique in the sense that it's focused on children and helping to ensure that they're healthy and fed and not hungry. So how does UNICEF maintain such independence amid a larger organization like the United Nations? Our core belief, and we've never steer away from children first, so all of the work that we do revolves around children, keeping children first, keeping children healthy, keeping children educated, uh, making sure that they have access to basic resources and that, and that governments recognize their rights uh, to grow and to thrive. So for us, uh, it has been uh, really all about the mission and the fact that we are a very transparent organization. Um, our work is um, is published uh, uh, vastly. It is evidence-based. Um, we are an apolitical organization, so regardless of government, regardless of um, uh, regional differences around the globe, we are in a key position to be able to uh, address the needs of children without getting involved in the in the uh, in, in adults' issues uh, and conflicts that um, often keep um, uh, other entities or other organizations that are political from having the reach that we have, precisely because we're just focused on children. Absolutely, it's one of the more crucial aspects of being able to operate in the fashion that you do. Finally, I think one of the interesting results of this pandemic and the lockdowns and travel restrictions has been that people are staying at home. Oftentimes, they're consuming more information because they're hanging out, able to look things up online, watch the news. And I think a positive aspect of that is that people have seemed to become more informed about 
a lot of the issues the world is facing, whether it is malnutrition or lack of access to medicine or vaccines. And I guess the hope from a humanitarian standpoint is that people would then take the next step to take action and try to get involved or to help. So for people that are listening and they say, I want to do something, I want to donate, I want to help. I know UNICEF has the One Love campaign and there are are a number of other ways to, to get involved and to assist in your efforts around the world. What should people do and, and how can they help? Uh, yeah, excellent question, Trey, because there is a lot that people can do, even from the confines of uh, and the isolation of their home as they weather this particular pandemic. And that is uh, get informed. Um, there are organizations, UNICEF is certainly one, but there are hundreds of organizations doing uh, good work uh, on the ground, helping children uh, meet their their needs. And so going online, and in our case, UNICEF, uh, USA.org, and, and getting uh, uh, all the knowledge that we are publishing about how the pandemic is, is impacting uh, the supply chain to provide access to food and vaccinations and education and healthcare to children. Uh, whether it is about how to volunteer and take action, how to reach out to either your government uh, officials and encourage them to um, advocate for children, uh, whether it is to uh, get involved in fundraising um, for for the work that we do. All of that is accessible now through, through the web. And I wanna highlight that um, as more services come online and as more um, uh, as people are becoming more aware of, of, of the resources that are uh, online and what they can do, uh, those are positive things. I do want to flag one important thing uh, that is at the core uh, for us, that is as people are confined and they're at home and they are exposed to information, so are children. Uh, and they have access to internet and they have access to uh, information, not all of which is always positive. And so we want to flag that there are risks uh, that this isolation puts on children uh, that we should aim to mitigate. And I would encourage listeners to be mindful and aware that uh, children have access to online resources, some of which are good, some of which need to be supervised and monitored. Uh, But overall, I would encourage uh, uh, parents especially to get involved uh, in, in the work that UNICEF does, uh, in the work that other organizations do by going online and learning more and donating. Absolutely, and I think one of the unique aspects of UNICEF, 89 cents of every dollar spent is directly helping children. A very unique statistic for a charity and I'm sure is very reassuring to those who do donate. Edison Savala, the Director of Humanitarian Response and Impact Partnerships at UNICEF USA. Edison, thank you again for your time. Thank you, Trey. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com.
Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com.